0: It would drive me crazy to be spoken to. Like, I don't understand what's going on when I'm a grown adult. And like,
1: would it be like patronizing?
0: Yes. Oh. Which is what We're I felt. we gonna get into that. Which is, which is, which I is what I I just realized
1: that's a...
2: perfect. Yeah. We're gonna talk about why AIDS hate to be patronized.
1: Well, oh, this will be really interesting. It is,
0: it's one of my, I think, I think my biggest triggers. And I, it's probably also connected to like why It's hard for eights to be like vulnerable in front of other people and like show weakness because I, I, like the thought of people feeling sorry for me is like disgusting to me.
1: Does it, so does it, (laughs) like, does it feel like, um, then in, in that kind of situation, if somebody's being like compassionate, that it it feels patronizing?
0: (sighs) I think it probably like depends. Who, it's very probably circumstantial, right? Like it would depend who it is yeah. or whatever. But yeah, like in general, even even like people I love, like my mom and dad, or like people really close to me, like I don't I don't want them to be worried about me or feel sorry for me at all. Mm. And it probably is like connected to feeling like it's like I, it's fine. I know that things are messed up right now, but it's fine. I'll figure it out. Like I don't need people to be like hmm. You know? Why not? I just don't like it. Do you like it?
2: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I...
1: Is it recording? Yeah. Well, we're just going. We're, sure just, we're, yeah, just, we're going? just going? Just going. And then, going. then I'll we'll okay, maybe do it. an intro later. Let's
2: do it. Um, being... No, I don't like what? being patronized. But I don't like being patronized by people Um, that I like feel like an equal to or respect. I don't care if someone that like I don't care about or I'm not in a relationship with is like patronizing, like they're putting me down or they're insulting me or they're talking down to me. I don't care about that as much. I do care about it if it's like someone that I perceive to be on the same level as me. Yeah. A good friend
1: a parent. What about somebody that you perceive to be on a higher level than you?
0: I feel like that that's not patronizing then. Kind of. I mean you can still speak to somebody like in a patronizing manner, right? But if somebody genuinely has more expertise in an area, I guess they could still talk to you like you're an idiot, which would be patronizing.
1: Yeah, maybe so this is would be interesting is what do what do you both mean when you say patronizing in terms of like what's your experience? Because I can say patronizing and we can both say the same word but we might mean slightly different things and yeah, like I would be curious me, what is like, for me, what the experience is. it's like an is. assumption
0: of my intelligence. Like if somebody, and it's stupid because I could know a lot about a subject matter that like somebody might assume I know nothing about. And then of course they're gonna like over explain and talk about things that in my head I'm thinking like, yeah, I already know all of this, right? But like when people assume that you know less than them, and then start talking to you in a way mm. where, like, you're you aren't as intelligent as them. That's I think what hits me as like patronizing. And there's also just a tone. Mm. Like even if you're not talking about an area of expertise, you could talk to somebody in a tone that's like, okay, you think I'm an idiot.
1: Like it's they're it's like they're talking down to down you. to you. Yeah.
0: Do not enjoy. Hmm. Is yours similar?
2: No. I think mine is more to do with not when someone is communicating with me where I don't feel like they believe me oh. or they hear me or they trust me. Oh. And so then I'm just like, well, then what, why? Why are we having this conversation? What's the point of this? Anything that we're talking about. So it just feels like they're entertaining my – um madness or which you probably got a conversation, lot conversation mm. which then would feel like I'm being patronized like I feel like they're just letting me go okay okay nathan it's like that oh
0: yeah that that to me is like just brushing me off i wouldn't necessarily think that's patronizing but i think you probably experienced that a lot cuz you like talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> i talk a lot <laughs> what do you think it is
1: um Probably like a, probably a combination of both, right? Like there is, there's elements of both in, in, in being patronized, but like feeling like somebody is talking down to you, but there's like, there's, um, more than one way that somebody can speak down to you. But it's, I think what it sounds like is that both of you are identifying the feeling of, of, um, being perceived as, somehow less right right and then like and how does that get communicated because patronizing is like um it's it's not really like an explicit like overt thing it's sort of like this like subtle under right you tell like because they're oh yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah but they're they're really dismissing you even though they're like portraying themselves as like I'm I'm listening to you you know, or yeah. like letting you, yeah. But really deep down, they're like it's, it's fake. Crazy. Yeah, Ugh.
2: you're 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 in a situation with somebody who's not being sincere with you, mm. and you're just like, then what's the point of this? This isn't real, so I don't have time for this. Welcome to Crazy. Games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Start off with a light with topic. your host
2: Nathan and Char, and we are here with my best friend of. Years and years, Daryl Silvestri. How many years? Hello. Daryl and I met when I was more
1: than half of our life.
2: Yeah, we passed that marker
1: for both of us. I think.
2: Yeah, years ago now. Yeah. Because I think I was thirteen or fourteen. So when you we met first in school
0: met. or church? We met at or... a
2: church youth group. Okay. Yeah. Daryl was a year or grade older than me. I think he was in high school, maybe, and I was yep. just. It was like maybe the summer leading into me going into high school.
1: It would have been, yeah, it. just before go me going into grade 10, you going into grade 9. Yep. And you had this huge oversized Adidas, uh, Adidas shirt. shirt.
2: Yeah, I remember that because <laughs> you've, you've reminded me of that <laughs> every day of my That's life. what friends are for. I was actually shorter than Daryl at the time. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like, I'm six foot now, and how tall are you, Daryl?
1: I'm probably the same height that I was. <laughs> I think I'm like five, six. Sometimes I think I'm 5'7".
2: Yeah. That's fair. Um, So, yeah, we uh, brought Daryl on because Daryl is a a 9-wing 8. So the only reason you're allowed on here is because you have some 8 going on with you. Am I Um, the
1: first wing? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, really, you're... You're our first guest. You're our first in-person in guest. Person, yeah. Okay. Um, oh. But the other reason I wanted to bring you, Daryl, is because you and I have had many conversations um, about the enneagram and how that works and how that's functioned in our lives and our mm-hmm. relationships. Um, you're also a psychotherapist, so you've studied the way to help human beings come to understand themselves, and how to heal, and you help guide people through that. So I thought you'd be a really fun person to bring on. Uh, you can help us understand uh, ourselves in light of the Enneagram. Bring some of your own sights uh, when your wing starts to flare up. Don't want to talk about the nine at all, so just keep that, suppress that. You're good at that, I'm sure. Just push that down. Don't bring it up. Just focus on the eight, um, and we'll just go from there. So why don't we start, Daryl, just talking about a little bit about um, who you are, because Char doesn't know you at all, like you guys have met like once before strangers. tonight. Um, and but kind of like weave that in a little bit into um, discovering your, your type and I don't know, th- a couple of the things you've learned about yourself along the way. How's that? Okay. Can that's you do all that? Big, that's a big question. Can you do all that's that?
1: A lot of things. Where do you want, like, where do you want me to start? I'd
0: like to you know oh, yeah, how you know. your mom's labor and delivery went with you.
1: <laughs> so, and... uh, my my mother has told me over uh, and over again um, that I was born um, on a full moon. Okay. <laughs> at three in the morning. Yep. Um, she went to sleep. My dad went home for the night. Um and then she woke up just like full on in labor and my dad had to got called to, and he rushed back but yeah, my my mom will tell me every, every year on, your on my birthday, birthday yeah your birth story yeah
0: that's a good tradition i think every mom does that pretty much
1: but that's that's how it came into the world And you grew up here? I grew up um yeah out in the country between Petrolia and Brigden Big city yeah. boy. Rural. Okay. Rural. Is that better? Rural. <laughs> so yeah.
0: at what point in life did you discover the Enneagram?
1: Um, it would have been probably like four years ago. I was finishing up grad school. So it was like the last summer. So that would have been like summer maybe... Somewhere t- in 2016 okay. is when I like, I'd I'd heard about it a little bit, and was like, I don't know what that is, but it sounds weird. It's got a really weird name. Um, there was like a part of like my brain um, from like growing up in church that was like, that's probably like the occult. I don't know. <laughs> it just sounded. I think it, it sounds like be. it uh, sounds like pentagram. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're just yeah. like. You grew up being like that is like evil. So so yeah, just like I was like that just sounds weird. Um, And then I, but I kept hearing like just little like snippets and like random podcasts that I would listen to. Like yeah, things would come up. And then then there was this one podcast and they had a whole episode on going through all the types. I was like, and I drove a lot at that point. Yeah, it's like driving from Grand Bend to London every day sometimes I was going to golf, so I was listening to it and then yeah that's when I was like okay this is I think this is real <laughs> there's so, something, leg- there is something there is something there's something about this
2: so do you remember what it was like was it something that it, like did it nail you in a certain way where you're like oh shit well yeah <laughs> but you just
1: told me not to talk about my nine so how kidding.
0: He can talk about the nine.
1: So Fine. yeah. So what happened was I was listening to this episode, um, uh, and I think you know what? I think I had done a test before this, and it, it had said that I was probably a nine wing eight, and there was like some other numbers that were high. I don't I don't remember them now. But like, so I'm listening through. They started at one. They started at type one. And like, started listening through and like each one, I'm like, eh, eh maybe like, and I think, I, like, I, there, I think there was like a, a couple of them, maybe, I wanna say like four maybe, three or four, three and four. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe I like, you know, doesn't sound too bad. It could be like something like that. And then like, but I was waiting the whole time to get to the nine. So like, I even got home and it was like going through the eight and I knew that you were an you were an eight, and I was like, holy shit! Like that's uh. that is. I'm like, that's wow, that's Nathan. And then, and then it got to the nine. So I'm listening, and see. The first time that I that I'd like heard about it, it was like the nine is the peacemaker, and I was like, that's so boring. I don't want to be that. <laughs> like that sounds like so lame. And then. So I'm listening to the nine, and I'm like listening, and then all of a sudden it goes, the nine, the problem with the nine is that they um, they don't really have like a solid identity or personality of their own. They often like attach themselves to others who have more solid like personalities and identities. And I was all of a sudden, I was just like, like, it it was that feeling that people talk about how, like, yeah. somebody opened up, like, somebody is, like, reading my brain. Somebody, like, opened up my whatever, my diary, whatever it is, right? Journal, whatever. <laughs> like And, like, was reading it word for word. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Because like, then I started going through, like, my wife, my brother growing up, Nathan. I got going through all these people who have such, like, like, definite personalities, they, like, and they are people that, like, you know, fairly, like, um, like, solid in who they are, you know, there's no question, and, like, it just was, like, you know, it was, yeah, it was, like, this gross feeling, this, like, super, like, I'm just, like, I'm like a leech. That's what I felt like. That's what I was like, oh my goodness. And so, but I knew it's that feeling when somebody says something and you like, you know that feeling, you know what they're talking about. Cause you're like, yeah, like I know I've had those thoughts. I've had those feelings like my whole life. And like, that is, yeah, that is me.
0: So how did you discover, so at that point, did you also like h- discover the wing, the eight wing at that point?
1: Um, I, no, I was less like, um, cause I was still kind of learning about it and learning like what the wings meant. Mm-hmm. But then when I started to like discover, okay, that's what, that's what they mean by wings. Um, and I was like, it was pretty obvious that I wasn't a one. Right. When I was like reading through the one.
2: Cause you're so immoral.
1: Well, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not, I don't know, like, um, I'm trying to think of, like, what it is about that, like, um...
2: well, you're definitely not very, you're not a very, like, rigid, black and white kind of person, and I think that's one of the characteristics.
1: Right, and, uh, and I'm, um, I'm not, uh, I've never really been somebody that, like, is like, I have to, like, follow the rules necessarily. Um, maybe when, maybe when I'm, like, in stress and I'm a six, but, like, that's that's a different thing. But, like, um, that, like, idea of, like, you know, being, being right or being, like, you know, having to, to, to do things the right way and, um, Oh, what is it about the one the thing about the one isn't even about like um um the thing about the one isn't about it's not it's not perfectionist which people get get wrong it's about like erasing all of your mistakes that's what it is about a one it's like you see all the mistakes or you see all the things that are wrong and you can't like not see them and you have to try to like fix them all it's i like i don't have that kind of like I just, I'm oblivious to like lots of things. But the eight, so the eight is the, um, when I started to learn about the eight, there was a lot of things that like started to like, that would resonate, but not like fully in the way that like in, you know, the way you guys probably would. Right. But like in like a, oh yeah, okay. I can, I can, I get that. So the, um, the nine wing eight, I've heard it described this way and, and, um, and I think that it fits, it fits my experience a lot is that, so, and this is one thing that I heard is that, um, one of the hardest, if not the hardest wing combinations is a nine with an eight wing or an eight with, with a nine wing. And it's because of their disposition to conflict, Mm -hmm. the eight, is running towards conflict and the nine is running away from conflict. Mm-hmm. And so you have this like inner struggle of like both impulses and them like fighting. And so then if you're an eight with a nine wing, then you the eight probably wins out more. And if you're a nine, then like the nine usually wins out more. So my experience is that like it is in terms of like that dynamic.
0: Is that where you notice the eight wing the most? Yeah. Like in that, yeah.
1: Like, I'll, I'll, I'll notice it in, um, so, like, a part of me, when a, there's a conflict, depending on what it is, but, like, for some conflicts, there's a part of me that's, like, is, like, oh, I should do something. Some, like, I should, like, but then, and then, and then eventually the nine's just, like, no, you're not gonna do anything. <laughs> <laughs> just shuts it down. But there's just that, like, or um, I'll feel in, in um, this happens sometimes where um, I'll notice, so I mean this probably gets into other things and maybe maybe you guys talked about this kind of stuff with Chris, but like, so fixations, you guys like talked about fixations or like a little bit. A little bit. So the fixation of the nine is like ruminating. So you just sit there and you're just like, and sometimes I will catch myself and I'm, in my head I'm ruminating over this like imaginary conversation I'm having with somebody and I'm just like ripping them apart but it will never happen in real life but like I in my head I'm just like and then I would have said this and okay. then I'd say that and then they would reply with this and then I would come back with this so I'm like in my head I'm having the whole conflict and um, and so there's a part of me that like wants to go at the conflict but then when it actually comes to materializing, then I was just like, nah, no, you're not. We're just going to leave that. Just going to let it go.
0: But so as a psychotherapist too, mm. is that not like a healthy tool for like being able to kind of play those things out in your mind and not having to have the conflict in real life, especially if it's over something kind of trivial or that's not going to really result in anything good? Mm. Is that... Is that not like a healthy thing to be able to do? Or, or is it like, is that like a, f- a form of suppression?
1: Um, I think it could probably, it could probably like play out in different ways. Um, so sometimes though, I can, because um, sometimes our, our wings do come out. And in therapy, um, it has been helpful, helpful sometimes where I realize that like, okay, this is where the tension is um and then i just like i just go for like this is i'm just directing now towards this thing cuz it's it seems like that's where where the tension is even though there's my nine will be there be like you yeah, know let's not go there like ah oh, it's going to be so awkward why do we have to go there right it's like but but maybe because of my role um in the room as the therapist I think sometimes that allows me to to lean into my eight a little bit and then my nine can like soften it, right. that like approach. Um, I noticed that it, it um, I think it comes into play a lot as like as a couples therapist um, because I can sit with couples while they're having a conflict and it doesn't bother me. I can just sit there. But like, but, and maybe this is some of the eight, because I think, and maybe you guys can like confirm or deny this, but like, um, it is in watching the conflict, I'm getting so much information from the conflict, right, So I can sit with it and then, and then I can just like lean into it. Um, I don't have to shut it down. I don't have to like, you know, try to like avoid it or whatever. It's like that's this is. This is like the thing. Right. You know? This is why you're here. Right. Right? So let's just That's let's just drastic. Yeah, and, and and go towards it. So I think it sometimes it, mm-hmm. it can really be helpful in that way, um, especially with, with couples in that like that and dynamic.
0: In your own life, do you think that processing like your own inner conflict like that is healthier or do you think sometimes you don't let things out in fear of the conflict that you should be trying to communicate.
1: Yeah, there's probably more, like... So, because for me, conflict is, like, two... Like, two things, but, like, you know, in this context, we're usually talking about people, right? So it's, like, two people wanting to go in different directions. That's just conflict, right? So then it's, like, well, how does the conflict... um, How do you resolve that conflict? Mm. Um, And often it comes to a confrontation. Um, And so that's what I I usually tell people is that the people who are avoiding conflict, really they're avoiding confrontation. You can't avoid conflict. It's just two people wanting different things, right? right? Um, So the conflict then gets, um, it gets displaced somewhere. And sometimes some people will push the conflict into the other person And some people absorb the conflict into themselves to avoid the confrontation. Um, And depending on on how much power you have in that relationship probably will like depend on what you tend to do. But, um, so I think that like my eight um, and my nine will like, will recognize conflict. um, Yeah, in in my relationships um, and my nine probably doesn't let enough out mm-hmm. um so then i just absorb it i just like swallow it but my eights like like mm, <laughs> like just inside just like i'm mm, just you know going nuts and then when i just like well, okay we're just gonna numb that out we're just gonna <laughs> but um yeah i mean probably um probably probably leaning into my eight a bit more would be be helpful yeah. for me for sure, yeah.
0: What number is your wife?
1: She's a one, okay, with a two wing. So, yeah. So it's interesting because we like to
2: share other people's Enneagram numbers. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is this
0: like AA? We you can, can like you can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, only talk by
1: yourself. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we, but we are like each other's, um, off wings. Right. So it can be. It can be interesting.
2: I bet. <laughs> what um. What do you notice the most about eights? Um, in your relationships with them, or ones that you just see walking down the street because it's obvious if they're an eight or not? Like, what <laughs> what do you notice about them that you wish they could notice about themselves?
0: He's like, let me get my list out.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's at the tip of his tongue. <laughs>
1: What would I? What do I notice about eights? That
2: that we seem to be like blind to or unaware of.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously it depends on the person to know like how aware they are of it. But um, um, do I notice about? I think that, uh, eights tend to, um, I mean, like every number does this, but I think for an eight, the way they do it, um, is we like, we tent, we either like, um, we focus on either certain aspects of like a a situation or we like read it into it. And for an eight, I think that they are often reading like, um, like reading like a, a fight into something, if that makes sense. But not just like a fight, but that like, um, that like someone's being a bully and somebody's getting bullied. Like there's, someone is is like getting taken advantage of or, or like being oppressed here and like needs a it's like
2: and it's my job to fix it
1: yeah so like
2: mm-hmm.
1: b- but like in every like every number has a way of like of doing that of like having a lens mm-hmm. that like filters everything right um and my my experience has been that like 8 tend to, tend to do that obviously tend to do that more than than other numbers is to like
0: like we so, get involved in other people's conflicts you mean or we or we see conflict where other people might not
1: yeah, like does
2: that sound familiar Shar yeah
1: or is that like you' your um it's either there's a conflict there yeah and you pick it up maybe before others or like you're or you're looking for it. Um, or you like read it into like a situation that like may not be as conflictual as, right, as it seems. But like, but you want it. In the same way that like, um, other numbers have their own sort of like lens that they're looking through that they're they're looking for something.
0: Yeah.
2: I yeah I definitely find that I. <clears throat> I recognize conflict maybe where other people don't, and then it's not like I want the conflict. <laughs> but I just want it resolved so bad so I insert myself to try to resolve it for other people, even like mm. it's like like I just am so aware of it I'm like, okay, this needs to be fixed. Call it like Shar and I've had so last I. before, because <laughs> it's called like the you like it's like the parent trap mentality.
1: Mm. I feel like like we make it worse. You like try
2: to trap two people in a room and like, all right, we're going to talk about this. Let's push everybody into the room. Let's deal with this. Let's get it all out on the table because we don't like, I don't like unspoken conflicts. Like, Mm -hmm. like Mm. I'm just so hyper aware of it and I feel so not okay. Uh, It it builds up a lot of anxiety in me when there is unspoken conflict, even if it has zero things to do with me.
0: But why? Why are we like that? Is it a control
2: thing
0: or do you think, okay, I will just only speak for myself and I always think no matter what number you are, I think it's easier to see conflict from the outside for what it really is than it is when you're on the inside of it. Right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're in Mm. something, you can't see it clearly. And then three months later, when you're out of it, you can look back and see it clearly. So when I see two people in a conflict and they're both talking to me about their side of it, like I can see what it's really about and they're not actually addressing what it's really about. And then I choose to insert myself into the situation and be like, fix your shit. And I probably only make it worse. I think sometimes I have helped, but I think <laughs> I, I think I make it worse.
2: Yeah, tell yourself that.
0: a lot, depending on the people. Yeah. If they're not ready to deal with it, me addressing it in that way is not going to make them deal with it. And if they are ready to deal with it, then they don't need me. So, really, I should just mind my own business. But I hate seeing people, like... I don't know what the actual drive behind it is. I don't like seeing people, like, lose time on stuff that doesn't... In my eyes, I'm like, this is so dumb. You guys aren't... You're you're arguing over nothing. Like, Mm. you know? But I don't think it's that, like... If I really got to the root of it, it's probably not that, like,
2: yeah. It
1: sounds like both of you are, are, like, describing this desire to, um, so, like, if, so if you have a conflict, right, and, you know, two people going in different directions, wanting different things, um, then... At some point, it, like, there needs to be a resolution. And it sounds like for both of you, when you notice that there is a conflict that hasn't been resolved yet, you want to, like, speed up the process. Let's just, like, get this yes. right. Because it's not. I,
2: conflict is a means to an end. And I just really believe it's the best. <laughs> or now we're calling it confrontation. I find confrontation mm. to be the best means to the end. Like, it's the most quickest. And it's just like, I don't know. I still don't know any other way to resolve besides some sort of confrontation. And so mm. for whatever reason, whether it be between me and somebody else, between two other people, like, I, I'm i actually quite uncomfortable in the midst of the conflict. Like, I don't like sitting in that very long, but it is the best way that i know how to actually get to like the truth or to get onto the same page as somebody else. and so i'm just very willing to go through that because i know what's on the other end of it is going to be way better than being in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. I agree with that, but i think i just had a little bit of a realization about myself too because i'm i was like just right thinking now? yeah, cuz i was just thinking in my head my desire to resolve the conflict can't possibly be like, you know, for like heroic reasons like not heroic is a bad word but you know what I mean like because I'm such a good person and I honestly think part of it is just that like I find it annoying to listen to (laughs) to people bitching about the same thing over and over again without addressing it or doing something about it so part of it is just to like end my own torture of having to hear somebody like continually talk about this thing that's plaguing them or this relationship that's not doing them any good where they're having the same conflicts over and over again. It's like, that is I'm not good at just like sitting and listening to people talk about the same thing in that way over and over again. So part of it is like just a hundred percent selfish to the point where I'm like, okay, I just need you to sort this out because I can't listen to it anymore. Especially when two people are talking to me about it, and every time I see them, they're talking about it, but they don't actually ever address it with each other, because I'm oh, just like, I don't want to hear about oh, it anymore. Mm-hmm. Talk about it with each other.
2: Do you feel the same way towards um, just someone like that is talking about something that's going on in their life over and over again, but doesn't take the steps to yeah. resolve it? So yeah, it's that, the same sort of thing. Yeah, because yeah, that would be a, a
1: conflict I'm... within themselves that they're not... Yeah.
2: So really is it just like you're like annoyed or is there something else going on? Is it, do you have some sort of like, what's the connection with that person? Cause some people's unresolved conflict I assume you don't really care about, or is it just people that are close to you because they're just talking your ear off and you just don't want to hear it anymore?
0: No, but like, you know, you'll have like, I don't know. I've had girlfriends in the past that are dating a guy and they are been dating for a while and it's like, they're having the same fight over and over again or the guy's treating them like crap over and over again, and I have to sit and listen to them talk about how awful this person treats them over and over again. But like, I also know it's not worth me really trying to give advice, because after a certain while somebody's in a cycle, it becomes clear that they're not gonna do whatever that thing is that they need to do to leave. And at that point, I'm, I just am like, then you clearly are getting something out of the situation. So stop complaining about it and just admit to yourself that you want this chaos, and that this is what you thrive on. Or like, do something. I don't know. I have a really hard time with people that can't just like address the thing that's going on. Maybe it's because it like, it's it obviously everything comes back to like bringing up some kind of
2: insecurity that you have <laughs> with yourself. So, well, we'll I think we'll that get there. We got twenty. Minutes. I think that
1: like part of it too. What. um like what, I was gonna say what I'm hearing, which is like totally a therapist thing to say, but like, what I'm hearing you say is. What I'm hearing you say. Um, Like everything cuts both ways. So sometimes the things that are our weaknesses um, are actually like things that like, we've also like developed like strengths in, Mm -hmm. right? Over time and, and vice versa, right? that we're really good at and really strong at can often ha- they have like another side to it when we overuse them right so yeah. like they they become less helpful in certain areas and what I this is one thing that I've noticed with, with the Enneagram is that those things that it highlights for us that are you know these things that we do or why we do these things um, you know this pattern that we've developed it the pattern shows us like the weaknesses, but it also shows us like the strengths that we've developed or the skills that we've developed because we've been doing that pattern for so long that like we develop these skills that like someone else who's, you know, their, you know, ego pattern is like different. Mm -hmm. They develop skills in other areas. And what it sounds like what eights develop is that skill of not just knowing that, like, um, being able to, like, identify a conflict in the sense of, like, this needs resolution. But they also, like, develop skills of, like, how to get it to the to resolution. Right. And being able to see that, they're like, you know what? Like, you're just spinning your, like, your tires here, like, over and over again. And, like, I'm getting sick of hearing about it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thing that you just need to, like, just... You just need to work through it, you know, because you've developed those skills of like identifying those things and like knowing how to work through them. It can have a flip side to it like everything does, right?
2: But I really like hearing the positive side it makes me not feel as bad. Mm-hmm. That's
0: nice. We're That's not there. total pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> just mostly. <laughs> mm. How um actively do you use the enneagram in your practice? Like do you get people never. to never? Never. Do you do you like number your clients though? Like without them knowing?
2: <laughs> um, do you mean to stop the recording?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Um I think that like um how would I say it? Like it's hard from uh from a, a practice point of view because there isn't there isn't enough like data research right. to be able to like say like oh this is this is um, something that's been researched and, and helpful and we know this right it's um, it's like I find it really interesting and a lot of people who have experienced the Enneagram have have found it helpful mm-hmm. and my guess is that a lot of people recognize a certain amount of truth. In it somehow, somewhere, yeah. um but it's hard to put your finger on like where that's coming from, or to be able to like right it, it my sense is that there is an intuitive kind of like knowledge or truth or wisdom that comes from it um that it's hard to like put into into like a um a study like clinical practice right to be able to be able to say that like you know we've studied this and it's um and it's helpful um but that said um if somebody came in and it and it was a big part of their life or a part of their life or whatever um and they wanted to like work with it you can you can work with it in the sense that like you you work with anything that a client brings in right right um and you, you know, and you kind of like, um, yeah.
0: Incorporated into yeah, you
1: incorporate hobbies, it into the work, um, but it's not going to be like something I'm going to write. So like, I'm I'm not going to like be teaching from it or whatever. Um, but that's just my my stance. I know that there's like there's lots of um, people that they'll, they get training in it, and um, and they offer that yeah. as a service, but. Yeah. I guess
0: at the end of the day, it's, like, just about dynamics anyways, and you're already picking up on those in whatever way when you're sitting with a couple or whatever. So whether you know their number or not, right? Like, we, we now, like, look at people and kind of guesstimate what their number might be based on the interaction we're having. But
2: right. Yeah, it's just patterns, more patterns to add to your library of patterns that you probably learned in school and everything else. Yeah, the tricky, um,
1: but the tricky helps. part about the, the Enneagram is that it um it isn't behavioral it's motivational which that makes it even like um that would make trying to guess clients and stuff like that like um just a quagmire because like you don't always know why they are doing the thing that they're doing um sometimes you can you know there's like there are behavioral things that like tend to like follow certain numbers but like it's it is motivational. It's like you're doing it because of this and like a 6 can look like an 8 right in certain circumstances and oh,
2: most terrifying one too. <laughs> why? I'm, oh, just when a 6 is angry at me, I hate it. Like oh. it's the worst number to be angry at me for sure. <laughs> like I cower. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I don't know why.
1: The, you know what they say about sixes?
2: At your feet or at your throat. At your feet or at your throat. I just don't like when they're at my throat. I also don't like when they're at my feet. I just don't like sixes. And I'm just <laughs> That's
1: so awkward. That's, not, That's not so awkward. Not true. <laughs> not, not, true. That true. <laughs> not that true. Not that true. It's only a little bit true. <laughs> so where do we
2: go from here?
0: What do you think the ateist thing about you is?
1: Um, oh man, the ateist thing about me. Um,
2: for sure, my experience. Yeah. Of
1: what you do know. you What do you think? My biggest oh, yeah, thing about it's me is have- it's
2: just your to your willingness to engage in the the debate or the dialogue more than like any other human i know like you and i have could mm. like daryl and i used to drive back and forth to toronto together for school if i would get up mm-hmm. and um we had thought about doing worst, a podcast then
1: worst traveling partner but we,
2: did we, they didn't even have <laughs> the podcast then right no like they don't Podcast wasn't a thing, oh, but we were like if we, we could need to recorded, record our conversations. We could have recorded. We were gonna call it theology while driving, and we just talk nonstop. Swear, We'd fight does. about things, we would go all in, and like I think that was a huge part of my development of my own brain is just having a partner that could keep up and that I was mm-hmm. keeping up to, and we are constantly challenging each other. You'd walk away from your class and you are like telling them what each other read or what they were learning or what was interesting and tying that into your own life. And um, it's always something that I've looked for now in friends is because we've had that for so long. And that is just something that was so unique to us Um, that now understanding it in the lens of the Enneagram, I think that's probably a very eight-ish thing because I realize like most people don't enjoy that. No. Um, They don't enjoy the – most people would call that bickering or – uh, something else, and I recognize it as soon as I sit down with it, usually with another eight, like if Shar and I sit down at a table full of people, Shar and I are off in our own world just having the time of our lives, having a conversation <laughs> where everyone else is like so annoyed with us by the end. Um, or, and, or gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> or they left, and then we started a podcast for <laughs> hit record. Um, but that, at least that's my experience of you, and that's why the eight made more, much more sense than the one
1: yeah well see and, and um I think what helped to develop my eight so that I was able to do that was um was my family because um so my my oldest brother is an eight mm-hmm. wing nine my Toughest one <laughs> um my other brother um it, he he did a test once, a few years ago, and it came up a seven. I was like, "What? No way!" I was so I, like I had him pegged a different number. I forget what it is now. Yeah, I had him pegged as an eight. Anyways, but like he was a seven. With he's, I've, he has probably one of the strongest eight wings <laughs> that I know as a seven. Um, and then and then I have an eight wing. If I had to guess, I would guess my dad is also an eight. And so like there was constantly that like that arguing debating like in my in my family and so I was used to it although I was typically like sitting I didn't always jump into it
0: but you can tolerate it but I can tolerate it
1: and um and like I I could jump into it sometimes when I like felt the need to but um but yeah like I I think that's where my, my eight came from. I don't know if it came, but yeah. That that's what I helped sense. develop it. Because I think there's a lot of eight energy in my family. <laughs> and then in your friendships.
2: And then my friendships. After and it started to grow. Yeah. What's the line that for an eight, conflict is intimacy? <laughs> it's just, that is just how we, that's just how we connect. Like that is our mm. connection point. I don't know if it's conflict or conflict. See,
0: I don't feel that way. No, no, but I've been doing some more like listening to podcasts and research about wings. And I think I'm an eight wing nine. Mm. And I also think like in the opposite way that you had conflict. So even though like maybe you didn't feel super comfortable being in conflict, you could tolerate it. I grew up in a very conflict free home like super quiet, no conflict between my parents. My sister and I, if we disagreed, we're told that we had to like apologize to one another, hug, accept the apology. That's how we resolved conflicts, right? So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of conflict. And so even though I might have the feelings I have about resolving conflict and stuff like that, I don't like it at all. Like I don't like being in the midst of it or being involved in it at all. It gives me anxiety which I don't think you... You don't experience that. Like, I know you don't like the conflict either, but I think it gives me a lot more anxiety than it gives you to be, like, involved in conflict. Only I hate if
2: I'm when in the middle of it are, like, do I get me. anxiety. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get any. You
1: don't like people being mad at you either. I, that's yeah, what,
2: that's, that's true. That's what I mean, if I'm in the middle of it. Like, if yeah. it's
1: directed if you at you me the, or if I'm somehow
2: responsible, like, people are looking to me to resolve it. Right. Sort of, because... Like, that's my job. Yeah. But if it's, like, if it's just, like, something... Like, I I don't mind it if it's just, like, if you two just started having, like, a, a battle right now. See, that would... You know, I wouldn't like that. I, I wouldn't mind joining in and, like, helping r- bring resolve. that to a resolve or, or do anything. But, like, I notice it in business partnerships where I'm sort of seen as the mediator. And then we have multiple businesses where there's all this crossover of everything and because i have the the most crossover everyone's like well nathan why aren't you leading this process why aren't (laughs) you doing this like what like what and then i'm just like that's where i freeze up because i'm like like i i feel like i'm supposed to be on both sides at the same time and i'm always constantly letting somebody down like i hate that oh that would be hard yeah i don't like that at all but if it was like
1: oh that's like say it again it, it, it's hard without to be explaining on both the situation, sides.
2: but like, I own two businesses. Yeah, I'm nobody, a shareholder of two businesses. I know,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: one, two, three, four. But our millions of fans don't know, girl. so
2: we have to I, like so, over explain
0: <laughs>
1: For all the followers, Nathan I, I is an I own, entrepreneur. I own two different with, businesses,
2: shareholder of two different businesses, and those two businesses have a relationship with each other. And there's directors of both sets of businesses, and I'm a director of both. Right. I'm the only one. And so when those two businesses have to negotiate something,
1: Right, they want you in the middle.
2: They want me in the middle, and I cower. Like I, I don't actually not like that. I hate. Oh, see, that's so. Well, that's an impossible position
0: to put you in.
2: I, uh, no yeah, but you know what? And they get, and then people start getting mad at me because the expectation is that's my job. That's what I do in every other thing. Like if, if I'm just going and representing one of the businesses to like somebody else and dealing with something, I'm great at it. Yeah. I know what how to
1: do it. You need a if side in
2: the business. I do need.
1: Um, the eight needs a side. Yeah, I need a side.
2: They need a side.
1: Whereas, so this is why I say the nine. Um. Exists in that middle. Then maybe the, when it's like overt like that, like, um, that that could be uncomfortable. So you could balance that way better than I could. Because the nine is is always seeing all the sides. Yeah. So like, or and here's another thing. And I'll just say this. So like, hopefully, hopefully, my wife. Um, doesn't mind. But like if we get, if her and I get into an argument, um, my natural movement is almost to move into, like if you were to imagine like two people having like a, an argument or a conflict or whatever, right? My movement is always to move almost into the middle. I'm almost like refereeing the conversation that right. I am having with. Which drives her nuts, which I understand. That would be absolutely like maddening, right? Because that's not my position. My position is actually me, on the other side. But the nine would, it, um, it's, it works in the middle because it understands all the sides. Whereas the eight, wants a side. It wants to. It wants to fight against something or for something. Yeah, because our need is
2: to be against. Yeah. Right. That's. A, that's very interesting. So what do I do is actually the next question of this because well, that, it, I don't would be see to myself develop, avoid, avoiding those situations. You just going develop
1: your future. nine wing in the same way that like
2: – I thought developing my nine wing was just like being able to have a nice vacation in Mexico, not get better at <laughs> – That's what nine,
0: that's nine's expertise. What
1: it, I feel like – the nine. If the nine even so, gets to Mexico.
0: <laughs> but on a practical level, I feel like that's just like – Can't you just say like – there's no way for you to win in that situation, really. Unless
2: well, unless the perfect resolution exists. Well yeah. exactly. That's winning. Winning is, yes. at, winning is, is an outcome working. that I want. So, so that's can the side, you, So I can guess.
0: you not see that and get both sides on board? Well then? no,
2: that's the thing. Isn't uh, I well, don't necessarily maybe you're see it because skills. I know that the negotiation needs to occur. Right. And um and I just don't want I I've told them multiple times, call me when it's done. Right. And I come in, tell me what it is, and if you guys are all on the same page, I'm excited, and then I can fight for that, that thing. Yeah. You know, and but being part of the process of getting there is is probably the worst thing. I like I can't think of anything worse in doing business with multiple people and the way that I've set up my life. But you, the funny thing is, is you'd be
0: great at it if there were two businesses that you weren't involved with at all.
2: Yeah, or just one. Right. Dealing with another business because I'm representing my yeah. business. But I can't do it when it's like I have stake in both.
0: Yeah, well, that's impossible. Not impossible, but that's that's like you you are always going to feel like you're letting one's business down.
2: Well, I am. I am. Well,
1: that's not fair.
2: Probably letting both down in some way because I'm not doing my job because I haven't developed my nine
1: wing. You have to develop your nine wing. Why
0: don't you, you get wing. a nine to <laughs> handle... Like to be your I'd love teammate Dan to do that. So why can't you and Dan do it together? We shouldn't say Dan's name.
2: Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs>
1: Strike it from <laughs> the record. Dan, Dan Strike Dan, it from, Dan. from the you know, record. We've actually
2: brought we've actually brought Daryl in before, um, not in the same circumstance that we're talking about, but to help us navigate yeah. conflict within our businesses and stuff like that. that because he's Daryl does that very well. Like yeah. he's able to like kind of pull those things to service. And I need to learn some of those skills because. Can't bring Daryl in every week. Why not? You know, when we're, maybe we should. He doesn't have anything else to do. Look at him.
0: (laughs) Hmm. He has time for a podcast.
2: But I do want to learn those skills. It just, it's so much easier to learn when it's other people.
1: Yeah. But, and that's, but see, that's a, that's, I think what, what, um, what I was saying earlier about, like, everything cuts both ways and though you develop certain skills over time. That like other people don't develop because you're in that place, yep. right? You remain in in the place of your number, right? Um, instead of, instead of actually like growing and maturing and like learning to like occupy all the spaces when you need to, yeah. right? We get locked into into our space and we can only see it from that angle, which. Is the weakness, but it's also the strength, right? So you get to like develop those skills. So as a nine, seeing all the sides can be really helpful in some situations because you develop the skills of being able to like see where everybody's coming in and then trying to make it all work. The problem is when because you see everybody else's side um, in other interactions you are very likely to forget yourself and to to like merge with the person there because you see their side right so they're telling you something and you're just like yeah that makes a lot of sense wow like that's like you know i get that i totally get that but, wow and, and you then you I... leave and you're like and you're like how do i actually feel about that i don't know i think that was kind of like bullshit i don't know like but at the moment <laughs> you're just like this is totally i get it i totally get you you know you're just forgetting yourself yeah so there's like the two sides like of chameleon. it right yeah yeah so it's i would say as an for AIDS for you guys it's just about learning like what's the what how does it cut both ways you know what are the strengths and the skills that you learn from that position and then but where does it become less helpful where does it where does it get you stuck in like you know,
2: should just develop my nine and avoid it entirely. <laughs> I haven't developed my nine. Hmm. Where? Well, do you want to do your questions?
0: Yeah, I have some questions. Okay. That I'm going to do rapid fire
2: questions. So this is what we do on every podcast. Yeah, we. Everyone we've interviewed Interesting. in person. So we
1: you do this at ha- yeah. the end
0: of every podcast. You haven't,
1: you haven't done this to a nine yet, so. I haven't done it yet. You're oh, really? <laughs> and you're starting rapid fire with a nine. Okay. Sharon okay. made
2: up these questions. She's taking it away. Are you going to ask the same questions every guest or maybe we'll...
0: No, same questions every guest. That's same what makes question. it interesting. All right. Okay.
2: Okay. Bring it. So,
0: I mean, like, just answer as off the top of he- your head as possible and as are concise these, like, as possible. Are
1: these going to be, like, yeah, okay, It doesn't have to be, like, one word, word but, but like, 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 just
0: don't write a novel.
1: Verbally, like, like a okay. Tweet. Tweet okay. it. Tweet okay. it.
0: What do you think your best quality is?
1: Uh seen both sides.
0: Okay. Favorite place in the world? Probably the beach. Okay. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? My wife. What do you think happens to us when we die? I don't know. Good answer. Would you rather swim in a pool of poop or drink a glass of snot? <laughs>
1: That's such a good question. <laughs> How long do I have to swim for? Whose <laughs> snot. Is it your own snot?
0: Um, you have to swim. Is it your own poo? You have to swim. Uh, <laughs> you have to swim for for ten minutes, and it's your own poo, and you have to drink a pint of your own snot. A pint.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm drinking oh, my yeah. own snot for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. As a kid, I like ate my booker so. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: Same thing. Yeah. Uh, last question. Who's cooler, me or Nathan? <sighs>
1: the nine would say both. <laughs>
0: That's true. <laughs> awesome.
1: No, you're probably way cooler than Nathan. Like, objectively.
0: You just have to say that I because we're already, trying recording. to be friends.
2: <laughs> uh, thanks for coming in, Daryl.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, I hope it was satisfactory. This was really nice. Very pleasurable.
2: Highly pleasurable experience. Should we talk about Daryl now in front of him? Uh, Yeah, let's (laughs) do it.
1: What was your favorite part of this interview?
0: I think that you're very thoughtful in your answers and just like thinking about things. And I also find it fascinating that because of what you do for work – you have like this whole other like insight into human beings in mm-hmm. general and how we function and how the enneagram can be useful to us. Thank you. So that's cool. It's
1: really nice. You're
0: welcome. Oh, I like that. What was your favorite part, Nathan?
2: Obviously, self discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Always is. <laughs> Usually happens in conversations with Daryl. So. Learn some new things.
1: Yeah, that
2: was good. That was good. It's great. You're
0: sweet. our best guest. Thank so far. you. Wow. In person.
1: Hear that, Chris? <laughs> Hear that? <laughs> I
2: also just enjoy listening to you when you when you're like just taking something apart. You're like you're breaking it down to its bare pieces. I could listen to it. I could listen to it all the time. The thought, like, just understanding the difference between conflict and confrontation and things like that are all usually very helpful things that Mm. I have to hear maybe five or six times before it becomes sort of added to my lens of how I see things. So it was good. It was good.
0: I also really enjoy your therapist voice.
2: Thank
1: you. (laughs)
0: Thank you. What I'm hearing you say is...
2: <laughs> well, thanks, Darryl. Does
0: that sound right? Well,
2: thank you for you listening. Feel?
0: Are you going to drop our email address again? About
2: that? What is it?
0: Crazy8spodcast at gmail.com.
2: Crazy8spodcast at gmail.com. Is that right? This has been our fourth episode. Yeah,
0: buddy.
1: Are you like... Uh, is that like uh, if you are... An eight and you want to be on the podcast? Is that the thing? Um, or is it just like the goal yeah. is to
2: only interview eights right now?
1: Or I feel like or, we need a niche. Or eight you or know, rings rings. There's enough
2: Enneagram oh, man. Everybody's, podcasts. Everybody's are talking about it. Yeah. We need to be
1: if it's big enough, you can go niche. We need and to be special. But cool. we're not
2: fours. We still need to be special. We need to be, we need to have our own thing.
1: You yeah. Know?
2: How most people can't handle us.
1: Yeah, the question is, how uh how many eights do you think um, like, like get get into podcasts about the enneagram or get into. Well, this is good. This do is you some good conversation? Because do you should yeah. I record this or should we just talk? Yeah, record. Okay,
2: like there might be funny things you can use. We wrote the intro. down maybe twelve or thirteen different eights that we know. <laughs> I have the list right here. But most of them I know on one level or another, enough that I could poke and prod to pull out their story mm. in a way that um, helps well, express the eightness or a little bit. Or I know the eight enough that when they're telling their story, I can like I can reflect on that from through that kind of perspective. So it's sort of I think our goal a right. little bit. And for you to like share your experiences of sort of just like coming to the realization yeah. that you were an eight and and what you Identify with and what you don't, and how it's different as a female, and how it's yeah, mm-hmm. um, and different things like that. Because you think you're a sexual eight, I think so. Yeah, sexually.
0: Yeah, and I just recently have been learning more about the wings, and I think I'm an eight wing nine.
2: Right, so different. Yeah, because I am not yeah. a wing nine.
0: Because I've heard at it. all, but in some of the ways that that is different makes a lot of sense to me in the ways that we are different. Like when I was learning about the that but you're also what you're you're not sexual. I'm
2: social. Social. But sexual is my second? Second. Is that what it is, you primary, secondary and then you suppress one? Something like that. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. There's so some like many ways like to look that. at it. But yeah, that's
1: There's always like there's there there's always like a yeah, a suppressed or like shadow. Shadow thing, is what right? Chris kept calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something that like the dark We just side. like try to like put behind us. But that's, like, that's usually where all of our shitty stuff comes out. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. The things that frustrate me the most, for sure, are the ones that I look at self-presates, and I'm just like, ah, oh. like, I wish I had that focus to, mm. like, getting things done that I want to see get done. Like, I wish I had that sort of... I wish I took care of myself better. Mm. Like, those are things that I, like, have always suppressed that I think are harder that's for what I to suppressed, too. Yeah.
0: So I'm probably... Sexual, social, self-prize,
2: and then obviously you're nine, much more than you think than a seven. I think so. You're always in for a good time, though.
0: Yeah, but there was something about yeah, there was something nines, about the seven nines that nines I can did
1: and and like in for a good time.
0: They don't it's have fo- like I do you not have FOMO? have FOMO? Um. Yeah, I have FOMO. I have, but not. I've, yep. FOMO? I've struggled with FOMO. Yeah, I like have for my like
1: I most have of my FOMO, life. What's the difference
2: between a seven and a nine?
1: The um, what would be the difference between a seven? I
0: thought sevens were like a lot more in their head in terms of like thinking, thinking, thinking. Like
1: sevens are like well, because you can also. I mean, I mean, you get get into stances, mm-hmm. and that's like a big thing, right? Because like eights are an aggressive stance sevens are also an aggressive stance nines are withdrawn and then there's right so there's like
0: and what's the triad thing there's
2: like multiple triads
0: okay well one of the podcasts i was listening to like talked about a bunch of those different things and there was something about the seven that i was like that's not me and then like the nine i was like no that's Hmm. feels more accurate to my experience and also like so i'm dating an eight and he's like, I think he's eight wing seven and I'm an eight wing nine. Really? Yeah. Do you think he's...
1: Are you going to interview him?
2: Yeah. I guess I just don't... We'll wait till the relationship's a little more solid. <laughs> <laughs> like your brother is an eight wing nine.
1: He is. Yeah. So much so that I actually thought he was a nine.
2: Yeah. I think is, his, his nine... is nine's very prominent.
1: His nine Until you start
2: talking to him. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you're obviously an eight yeah like John, I, we're gonna have John on. it's gonna be a lot that's gonna be fun. that'll be really interesting. um but like what I notice about the nine one is how you talked about conflict with the nine like with with the nine wing an eight with a nine wing is um my battles with John even are so often about why I'm dumb for getting into other battles. He's just like, why are you doing that? Come on. and then we'll have this whole like thing about it and he's like, and then he said to me one time, which we're definitely going to bring up when we interview him, is, is just like, see, the difference between you and me is I will go for conflict, and I'm okay with it if it's necessary, but you, like, love it. You, like, are looking for it at every turn. You're, like, you, like, you know, swimming in it. And that was his – that's how he recognized me. Mm. And, like, outside of, like, just sitting around the campfire with John, like, i have never seen John, like, put himself out there for conflict. Like he's yeah. he's it's much more conversational, friendly, like I just yeah. want to debate and get to the truth of the matter kind of thing. Where mine yeah. is like much broader in scope where I'm like calling people out in the newspaper. And
0: yeah, like
1: but see, know, the, that, see that I would never do but that. But see like, the other thing too so, is that it'd be you know, you'd have to look at like a a like what's his like what's his subtype, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz that's it's going that's going to function differently, but also um, like, age is also a big factor of it, right? So John is much older than us. Yeah, what is he? But he could be... 20 years older than me? Uh, Hell old, 17 seven, older than you, so
2: 19 older than me. 16 and a
1: half, I think. So, yeah, so, like, 17, 18 years older than you. So, but, like, basically, what they say is that, like, if you were to go imagine yourself at 20, what were you like? So, I mean, he would, he would be... Very different, right? Like, um, he could have also like mellowed out as he got older. um, In some ways, I'm trying to think back. Cause I see at 20, I would have been like three. (laughs) So, (laughs) but um, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I bet you he was more. I bet you he he would have been more apt to like um, lean into a conflict when he was younger and like in that kind of mellowed out a bit that's what I would say so but a seven um a seven is like thinking about the next thing what's the next thing what's yeah. the next thing right they um they are chasing like some ideal yeah of like joy what's happy they're trying to but what they're really trying to do is they're trying to avoid pain so it's actually, I mean, this is another thing, and like, you, I mean, I don't know. So many times when people are going after something, if you really stop and like reflect on it and like examine it, it is almost always that they are running from something. Right. It's always like a trying to get away from something, but it looks like that's what they're, they're going for, like this thing. Mm-hmm. Um... So like, yeah, for sevens, it's like they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're always, they say they're always up for a good time, they're always, but it's that, that's where the the aggressive stance thing helps because they are sort of like, um, they are actively thinking about what's the next thing after this, what's like the next thing after this, whereas a nine is like, not, not necessarily doing that. The nine is more like, um, I would say-
0: Distracting themselves, right?
1: Is yeah, they're, they can be lost in like, they can be lost in themselves. Um, I For me, what I think, what I experience as like my nineness a lot is like, trying to make all of the pieces fit and work. And it's the for me the withdrawn stance is is stepping back to like get to get a a better read on all the pieces that are here and like how are they gonna fit and like some things just work themselves out on on their own um, but it's it's the way I understand my nine is like trying to get everything to fit it's like the oneness of everything that's where like the peace comes in. Or the lack of conflict because it's about trying to make it all work, right? Like, but it's se- like a seven. My guess is like a seven is is their thrust is different. It's like a different, yeah, a different.
0: Why do you push. say eight wing nine is the most difficult one?
1: That's just what
2: Daryl
0: said.
1: Oh no, eights and nines. Because- the wings are the most difficult.
0: Because oh, one goes for conflict.
2: One... No, no, no.
1: Oh, well, to
0: balance because to they're in con- the wings themselves are in conflict kind of, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's
1: like they're, because of their, they're so um, opposite in how they approach conflict mm-hmm. that the, that it's, it's difficult within those people. Right. Because they have that struggle of like, one is like, like uh, go towards that conflict. And the other one's like, no, do not do that. Right. And so you have this, like, I, I, I have heard that threes and fours are also, um, are also tricky. And my guess is it would be in terms of like their emotions. Threes are like suppressing their emotions and can, can sometimes, um, appear like they, like they don't have emotions. Um, and a four is just like Burst they're feeling emotion. everything, yeah. and so that could I could I could imagine that being difficult sometimes to balance of like, you know, being like don't feel anything. What does the
2: seven the oppress?
1: Um, Suppress. The Who same thing. Seven the same thing the threes and the eights do their emotions.
2: Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Which that's is the why aggressive stance. I have such a hard time with my emotions because I'm an eight and a seven, with a yeah. wing seven. Oh, I just yeah. push those things down. I don't even know they are there. Yeah, you it's deny. It's very it. hard for you to find.
1: You them. deny that you even have have emotions.
2: Yeah, that'll be good for another topic. Yeah.
0: See, so yeah, I'm not like that. I'm an an definitely not an eight wing seven.
2: No, you have lots of emotions.
0: Yeah, I cry a lot. It's good. Not anymore, but I used to.
2: I think that's good. Well, it's you great. cried when you found out you were an eight. Bald
0: like a baby. <laughs> <80. laughs> Like hyperventilate, cried in the church house living room. It was a funny day. It was yeah, a funny Yeah, Nathan day. loved it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she for a long time Aww. thought she was a two. And I was like, I'm and a then, two. I'm great. Blah blah blah. I'm a helper. I help everyone. And then I forget what we were doing, but we were all sitting around. We were talking about starting talk. a podcast. Yeah, and we were talking about why we'd be so good together. And then you you insulted me somehow. You're like, well, people don't. Look no. At me. Okay, you explain it. You remember it we more. We were it was your li- night. because it was, was traumatic.
0: <laughs> we were we're talking about starting a podcast, and we were sitting around the church house, and then, um, I said, no, Na- Naomi said, uh if you guys start a podcast, nobody will listen to it because it'll just be you guys talking over each other and, like, interrupting each other the whole time. Right. And I was like, I'm not like that. Nathan's like that. And she was like, Char, you're totally like that too. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then I, like, literally just had this, like, real – well, I think we kept talking about it more. And I just, like, had this, like, realization of all these, like – Like, literally, my relationship with her came into focus. Like, I was Mm. like, oh, this is why you don't talk to me about things that are going on in your life. And this is why this. Like, I had, like, it was just so overwhelming. And I also know how polarizing Nathan can be and, like, the other eights that I know. So I immediately was like, oh, my God, people look at me like that. Like, it was devastating. But I've come to, now I know, like, other eights that I'm like. Okay. And like, I mean, I like love Nathan instantly. Like when we connected, it was like, I love having the deep conversations that we have and that there's no small talk and that it's all about like real things. So I maybe should have like figured out sooner that, but he always like, when I was like, I'm a two, the test says I'm a two. He was like, I don't know. And then he would like ask me a question and answer and he'd be like, but why? Like, why is that your answer? And I would like answer like we were, our thinking about things was too similar Mm. that he was like, I don't think you're a two. But it took it took that night of like realizing that that's how people view me too to be like that's oh the hardest suck part for
2: sure that's the hardest part of it it's a heartbreaker of coming to the realization of your number is like oh everyone knows yeah. Everyone yeah. knows. well you were kind of saying that in your story too yeah you're like oh my gosh that is embarrassing it's very humiliating
1: yeah it somebody is. I heard somebody describe um they're like yeah my husband's a nine. Um, he's not really like a person, he's more like an environment. I was like <laughs> <laughs> Like just there. Oh my god. Just like <laughs> you're just like Okay, cool, okay, wow. cool 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 cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Beautiful in a way.
1: I
0: know. I was just
2: thinking that. <laughs> that doesn't seem insulting at all. Oh, but but it's see, so funny because you describe me, even like Nathan, with he has a very per- personality that's very defined. I'm like, what? Like, uh,
0: no, like wait, I don't like.
2: No, I don't. I don't hear that and think of that about myself at all. Yeah.
0: Well, bet, the fact that
2: you think that about me, and the fact that I would look at you uh, as like. A good environment, and you you would see that as like an insult. I'd see that as very like
1: yeah. Really you're different. not you're it's not like simple. a solid person. You're not a solid yeah, but person. Like this, it is. That's no, what it means. Not
2: at all. What it means to me. It means like you are so solid that you can like you that can you don't hold have everything. to be. You can hold all the people and everything in that environment. Like you you set yeah. the environment's the, not the holding
0: things. anybody. It's just I'm really glad we're talking about this because <laughs> at the very beginning when you were talking about when you when you asked him what he thought of what he what you think about eights or whatever. And you were talking about how like you see AIDS as these people that are just like sure of who they are. And they're just very like, you know, who they are in my head. I was just thinking like, that's the lie that we're telling the world because that's not how I feel at
1: all. It is. Yeah. Which I know. Yeah. Which I know (laughs) about AIDS, Yeah. (laughs) And then I, yeah. And Nathan, Nathan and I have talked about this because like, you see Aids as, as very confident, but then you start to learn that, that like they know how to quote, I'm air quoting right now, be confident, <laughs> right? Without actually being yeah. confident.
2: It's a survival you tactic. It all is, it us.
1: all yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. We're all just trying to get through, right?
2: Which that's why I'm so excited to do this with Aids because I want to get to the teddy bears underneath them all because mm-hmm. I know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um the So this was my this.
1: question, who do you think your audience is going to be? Are there 8s? <laughs> well, are there 8s or people that want to know about AIDS? Probably both.
0: Hopefully both. both. I bet Other you it's going to be the latter. Might
2: get you bored. You so?
1: Well, I, I'm sure the 8s will be like I think going to so this. Ma- I think maybe. there's going to be so many 8s that are going to be like, yeah, I already know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, but like I, people who are like like what the hell is up with 8s? Maybe that's you. That's true. i are trying to give it be. an
2: inside scoop, but I like when I listen to other podcasts, and I listen. The fa- my favorite ones are still other eights uh, because I, I'm still learning about myself, yeah. and so it is <clears> helpful <throat> to hear how they're experiencing it and how they're defining it. But I agree with you, as I think that we're um, we're difficult to to grasp for other numbers, and yeah. they, yes. and they they people jump to a ton of conclusions. And that goes back to feeling paid. I feel patronized by the whole world because of the conclusions that they've jumped to about me. Um, that I'm looking to set straight. Oh, that's good. That's I, how. I'm looked- gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> re say that again somehow as like a slogan. You should brand it. patronized branded. by the world, and I'm gonna set you all straight. Bam. Crazy eights.
0: That will be the intro for the show. I, when I look at podcasts, like when I look for Enneagram podcasts, I literally like I'll find a show and then I scroll (laughs) through and I download any of the ones that have to do with eights. Mm. I I don't like I have because I follow a couple, like I subscribe to a couple now. So I, and that's probably just also the phase I'm at in the Enneagram, right? Like I'm still trying to learn as much as possible about my number. And I have listened to a lot about nines too, just because I have like close nine friends that I want to understand better. But like. Mostly, I'm looking for insight into AIDS. Hmm.
1: See, I, I remember hearing a, one of the podcasts, and they were saying um, that most of their, the majority, I don't know, the, the largest um, like proportion of their audience was nines and ones. So I was curious, like...
0: Was that the two girls out of Toronto?
1: No, it was Typology. Um, and they found that interesting. They were just like, that's really, really yeah. interesting that nines and ones are the, are the most. But, so I was, yeah, I was curious. I was just curious Well, I if think
0: there's... the one I have been listening to said that theirs are mostly fives and
1: ones. Mm. Fives they're, for sure. Fives are, that's are so understandable. That's. Fives are just downloading. Yep. They just they want. They just need, need all the information. It's all mine. It's
2: all mine. Yeah. This I'll figure this out. Yeah. Which I get.
1: Yeah, because you go to a five when you're yep. stressed. Oh, wait, sorry. You probably don't get stressed. Disintegration. <laughs> Never. Call it. Disintegration. This is what you need to remember, though. Disclosure Income. is not vulnerability. We know.
2: What? We'll do another one about that, too. Yeah. Vulnerability. And, and that's something, Just I would say that's something that eights, with I think, maybe. eights need, we'll see where we go with need
1: to rates. think about. Because you're good at disclosing. Because you're not afraid. Well, right. see... this. it's like, just
2: revealing things. That's yeah. what I learned. And I we talked about Chris that... Mm. I don't remember if we did that on the podcast or not. But I remember learning that with the repeating questions. Is I thought vulnerability was just people knew things about me. But vulnerability for me was actually admitting I was weak.
1: Yeah. No, vulnerability... Well, yeah, but vulnerability is... Um, like where you can be hurt where you can be wounded right and so you can reveal all this kind of stuff because that's not yeah. going to hurt you but yes some a situation that is going to yeah um to make an ape feel weak or perceived as weak that is yeah where you can be hurt so therefore I don't know where that You is. are vulnerable.
0: But it's funny, because exactly. this is one of the things that I was like, I'm not an eight, because I'm like, I'm so vulnerable. Like, I talk about my shit all the time. Like, literally in my head, I was like, I'm so vulnerable. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, no, like, I'm really not. Like, there's a whole other deep, there's dark a, layer yeah. that they're they're most shy, of the people shy. that know and love me have no you know, entryway to, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's weird. That's it. But you would have said... I'm not vulnerable, I'm not vulnerable, I'm not vulnerable, and then you would break down, whereas I would have been like, I am vulnerable, like, all the time, and then have a realization that I'm not, which is weird, but. Yep. Weird. I am vulnerability. It's a motherfucker. <sighs>